Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. A little tired, a little sore, but you know how that goes. How has your weekend been? Weekend was good. Didn't have to work this weekend, so that was nice. Uh, went to a Beach Boys concert last night. It's a yearly tradition with my mom and my sister to go. And um, this was both the best and the worst concert I think I've ever been to. Okay. Yeah. So the audience for a Beach Boys concert is... I don't I I don't know how to put this nicely, but a lot of like the older generations like the Beach Boys. Uh-huh. So when people see a bunch of young girls dancing and singing to the Beach Boys, they get a little angry. <laughs> and literally it was like the first song and I, my sister and I got up and started dancing and then the lady behind us was like, "Can you please sit down? I can't see." So I was like, "Okay, yeah." But then, like, they started playing, like, more classic songs. And then, you know, we were dancing, singing. And then it was one of those where people were, like, threatening to, you know, call security on us. Or, you know, people were glaring at us. So, and then it was, like, intermission. And then this one guy, like, turns around to us and starts kind of, like, fansplaining us. Like, fansplaining the Beach Boys to us. (laughs) And he starts asking, like, oh, do you know what a 405 or a 409 or a 415 is? And I'm just like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I'm like, I'm like, we go to these concerts every single year. I'm like, we grew up with this music. I don't have to explain myself to you. But I don't know. It was fun. I had a lot of rum and cokes and I danced to the Beach Boys and I saw John Stamos again. He's doing well. (laughs) Your yeah. good friend, John Stamos. My good friend, John Stamos. I see him once a year. I see him more than some of my family members, but you know what? John Stamos is doing well. He says hello. Okay. But yeah, well, how was your week? It was fine. I didn't really do much, but that's sometimes okay. Oh, I did see the new um, Nicolas Cage movie, Mandy. Oh, Nicolas Cage is still doing movies? Of course. Nicolas Cage is always going to do movies. Mm-hmm. I remember when he was in that The Ghost Rider. It's not a good movie. Rusty used to love that. He used to always watch it. But this was this was like this sort of Well, it's interesting, like it's set in nineteen eighty-three, but it feels like a sort of like seventies pulp horror throwback. And it's just bizarre as fuck and super violent (laughs) but it has some good like Nicolas Cage given the crazy Nicolas Cage eyes and shit so that was fun it was definitely one like this is one that's also you know it was out in theaters for a couple weeks and then they did like simultaneous like VOD if you have any interest in seeing this movie like if you're somebody who's who's seen the trailers and think it was fun go see it in the theater or at least see it, like if you're watching it at home, watch it with a bunch of other people. It's not it's not one to just like sit and watch by yourself. Oh. Was that the place where you got that really shitty drink? Oh my god, it was the worst drink of all time. 
I got it. I got to pull it up because I don't quite remember what all was in it. But yeah, because the this I did this was at the the Alamo Draft House, and they do where some of their movies they'll do like specialty menus because they they have like a full like bar service and and you can order food like out of fried chicken sandwich. But they had this this Nicolas Cage themed drink, which was just called Uncaged. And it was basically if you just would randomly throw a bunch of liquors together that don't go together. It was Jägermeister, tequila, whiskey, vermouth, and fireball. Like, there's no two of those things that go together. And that was it. Like, that, that was it. It wasn't like, it wasn't. Like there's no soda or juice or anything. It's just <laughs> it. You know, this was a drink that was made for people like me because I feel like everybody. You know, you come down, you look at it. Like there's, they have this this menu was just on a little car that was sitting on the tables, and I believe probably every single person looked at it and went, "That sounds fucking disgusting." And there were enough people like me who went, "And I have to try it." <laughs> Because I couldn't look at something that horrified and go, well, I'm not going to get that. Because it's not like medium horrifying. It's like everything about it is wrong. And I don't even like half the stuff in it. But I had to try it. And it it was pretty bad. I was actually, I was expecting it to just basically taste like weird fireball. Because fireball generally consumes all other tastes but there was a lot of jaeger in this it was like really like licorice and disgusting but it's like five different kinds of liquors it was also pretty fucking strong that's just that's so much liquor like especially fireball too like i would like when i'm ordering drinks somewhere and you know i look at what's in the drinks if i see like fireball i'm like nope Nope, but I'm more of like a sweet, fruity kind of mixed drink gal mm-hmm. other than something that's, you know, full of rums or Jaeger or Fireball. Like, I don't know, like whiskey. I don't know. I can do like rums and Cokes. Well, I do like rums and Diet Cokes, so like Diet Pirates, but I don't know. I don't drink too much liquor. Yeah. Yeah, this one was pretty bad. Like normally their cocktails are really good. And especially their their specialty ones. They've they do some really interesting combinations. This was dog shit. But to be fair, I knew it was gonna be dog shit and I just like it was like this is a train wreck, I have to experience it. So how drunk were you after the drink? Like, did I it get not, you pretty like, hard? I'm not like drunk, but I was like tipsy. You know, the movie. I'm like, you know, it was like one drink, like over a two-hour movie. So I wasn't sloshed, but I know so more so more drunk than one cocktail would normally make me. Damn. Sometimes those cocktails can fuck you up. And then I went to Target because there's a Target in the same building, and I bought lots of sugar. That's what you do. I bought. Mm-hmm. The Halloween Reese Puff cereal, which is shaped like bats. Ooh. And I bought Frankenberry cereal. 
which I will eat one bowl of and then throw away because I know I don't actually like it. I just want it because it's a cartoon monster. (laughs) And I got Pop-Tarts. And I got some real food too, but mostly I got junk. And then the guy, uh, the the cash register is like, oh, you got all the good snacks. I'm like, I know you're silently judging me. You like are acting all friendly, but really you're staring at me like a woman in my 30s slightly tipsy at 10.30 at night in Target buying candy and monster cereal. What kind of Pop-Tarts, though? Vanilla milkshake. You know, I don't think, like, I don't think I've ever gave given Pop-Tarts a fair chance. I didn't really like them when I was a kid. I mean, we didn't have them much because my parents, I mean, my parents weren't health nuts, but in terms of, like, breakfast and stuff, they wanted us to have actual food yeah i only remember eating like those like toaster strudels okay and i remember those like frozen little pancake things yeah and i remember like i vividly remember like for some reason i think it was like both like my brother and my sister would only eat those things frozen i know but I never was, like, the biggest breakfast person. Like, I don't remember eating breakfast in high school because I was just like, eh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. But, like, yeah. now, obviously, I am. Like, I have to be because um, I want to continue living on this planet. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, good old eggs. And I can't do sausage. Like, sausage just makes me sick. Like, as many sausage. times, as many times as I try sausage, I can't. I can't do it. And I keep like trying it, but I need to tell myself that. I need to set myself down and be like, Brittany, you can't do sausage anymore. This isn't for you. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of sausage. I think all sausages. I like just the little like brown and serve breakfast links. Ugh. Just the like the bog standard breakfast sausage. Fucking love them. Except last time I was at the grocery store, I got the turkey ones because it was the only ones they had left. And I thought, how different could it be? Oh, oh, very different. <laughs> They're fucking dry as shit and terrible. So if if you're at a breakfast place uh-huh. and they ask you if you want sausage or bacon, what do you say? Oh, I, I, it, it depends. Like it depends if it's a place that I like. No has good breakfast sausage. I'm always going to go with the sausage. Mm. I like bacon, but I don't know. I feel like bacon in a breakfast place is often not like I'm picky about my bacon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too picky with my bacon as long as it's warm. <laughs> happy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm more. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like bacon and sometimes I don't. But, yeah, I don't know. Are you a big waffle person, too? I like waffles quite a bit. But I I like savory breakfast more than sweet breakfast. Mm. Like, I'll have a donut or a pastry or something. But if I'm going out, I'll almost always get, like, hash browns or, like, eggs benedict or something like that. Mm. Because sweet breakfast, I even waffles, which I really, really like, I just tend to feel sick afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. What I 
when I used to like doing this when I would go like I remember I did I did this um where was I? I was at this like breakfast buffet. It was at some Disney place. Shocking. Um, I I got a, I got myself a Mickey waffle, and then like for some reason like they have like condiments for like like do people put chocolate chips in their like oatmeal or like for some reason like they just had chocolate chips. So like I put it on my waffle, and then like it melted, so it was like a waffle chocolate chip thing. It was really good. I think about it sometimes. I miss it. <laughs> What I used carbs. what I used to do at college because there was a there was a waffle station and you could make your own waffles. When I would I would make the waffle and then I would put I would put butter and brown sugar on it, mm. and then a little bit of syrup so it gets all like melty and gooey and good. It was pretty intensely sweet, and then I like basically I would do that and take it to the table and everybody would share it. We called it the death waffle. Death waffle. Death Watch. <laughs> I miss carbs. I'm like doing like a low carb thing right now. And oh, like that shit. I know like surprisingly like I'm doing okay. Like I thought because I, I love carbs. Like I I love me some noodles. I love me bread. Like I'm a whore for bread. I don't think I can say that enough. But I don't know. Like if if someone told me that I had to give up meat, cheese or bread, I think I'd give up bread because like I can't give up meat. Like, I, I love animals and like, I don't know, just like meat's so good. And then, but same time, giving up carbs, that's like giving up everything. Like you're basically giving up Olive Garden, Taco Bell, um, buns on burgers, but eh, I can live without that. So, you know, I can't, I can't do no pasta, no rice. Those are like mm -hmm. two of my biggest staples. Yeah. And then like no fruit. No, not a lot of fruit either. But like, man, like I was really wanting smoothie the other day. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm on this no carb thing. But whatever. I mean, I'm doing okay. But I have moments of weakness sometimes when I'm walking somewhere and someone's like, here, have a piece of chocolate. And then I accidentally eat it. And I'm like, can't be eating that. But it's fine. But God, like, you know, those chocolate, like the scotch mellows, the ones with like the I think it's like caramel or it's like butterscotch and then like the marshmallow. Sort of. Those things are really good. I think that's like my favorite. If someone would give me like a if someone would give me to give me a box of chocolates, I'd want a lot of those. Or like the ones with like the caramel filling or like I like raspberry filling sometimes or like something like that. Okay. But um anyways back to uh star wars back to star wars i mean you know, I, I, this is the first time we're talking about star wars but <laughs> i mean i said death watch earlier so that kind of counts okay yeah okay yeah so back to yeah. star wars yeah back um, to star wars yeah not a not a ton of stuff this past week but there are some interesting things um the biggest probably in terms of implications for star wars going forward is uh bob Iger was talking to the hollywood reporter about han solo and how it underperformed and he like took the he, he took the blame for it he says i made the timing decision and as i look back i think the mistake that i made i take the blame 
was a little too much too fast. You can expect slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make films. JJ is busy making nine. We have creative identities, including Menov and Wise, who are developing sagas of their own, which we haven't been specific about. We are just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes after JJ's, but I think we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing, and the buck stops here on that. As are, you know, it's... I, I, I mean, I don't think the timing was the only issue. There was also a lot of, like, lack of promotion, but... Yeah. And I know people automatically, like, as soon as they hear slow down, like, freak the fuck out. Like, oh, what? We're only going to see a movie, like, every five years or something. I'm like, no. The movie was five months after each other. I I think we're still going to be okay. Yeah. I I thought I saw a lot of people on Twitter getting upset about this, but I I don't know. Like, I get it. Like, I get, you know, where he's saying, like, he made a mistake. Like, you know, he probably did. I mean, like having like two movies like five months apart from each other, like that's dangerous. And I know that like Marvel does that like with their movies, but there's so much more promotion with those movies, like compared to like well, Solo, there was like no promotion. Well, here's the other thing is Marvel, Marvel's different. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. One is that nothing that Marvel's doing is unknown. They mm-hmm. might, and I, like I realize, like Han isn't an unknown character, but it's not the same as an an Iron Man or even like a Guardians of the Galaxy, where you have this built-in people who have been reading these stories forever. Like Han was in movies, yes, but those movies there were three movies, well, you know, four, but that was you know ages ago, and that's it. And so it's it's just not the same as these comic book characters that have been around for 50 or 60 years where each comic book has its own following and the the movies yes definitely the movies have drawn more people in but again you have like so much history there to go on you have iron man fans you have captain american fans you have guardians of the galaxy fans you have thor fans and yes, some of these weren't necessarily huge books before the movies came out, but again, they were still like a known thing you could draw on. Yeah. Yeah. But does this, does the news like kind of sadden you that they're slowing down at all or no? Well, it depends how much they slow down. If slow down means we're not going to do movies five months apart again, I think that's great. I'm hoping they don't see it as, well, one movie a year is too much. Because I, I don't necessarily think one movie a year is too much. It just needs to be a year apart. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can't you can't do one in December and then one in the spring. Like, it's got just to, like, do December movies. Yeah. I feel like all of us have gotten so used to, like, Star Wars during December. Like, that's my favorite time of year, too. So adding another thing that's my favorite to, like, my favorite, like, season is just, just so much happiness for me. And, you know, yeah, like, I'm totally okay for, like, one Star Wars movie a year. Like, I feel like that worked out really well with The Force Awakens and then the next year having Rogue One. Like, and then the next year after that, The Last Jedi. Like, I, I thought that was placed well. You know, there there was enough marketing. I mean, there was enough, you know, everything. Like, it was really good. It was really risky to do solo, though, like five months after Last Jedi, though. Very, very risky. I just, I think it was, I think it was just a dumb decision. 
Yeah. I mean, when you look at the actual numbers that the movie made, I don't think like, oh, this movie's a huge failure. But it definitely, especially overseas, did underperform. And you've got to you've got to take some lessons from that. And yeah. I and I don't think th- I don't think the lesson is, oh, we never do a standalone like character movie again. I don't I don't think that it's got anything to do with what the actual movie was, even though I don't like Solo. I think even if Solo had been a universally praised movie, it still mm-hmm. would have had problems in terms of box office because of the timing and because of the, the lack of promotion. Yeah, I know multiple people that, you know, I asked, you know, that, you know, that they say they're Star Wars fans and stuff. And I asked them like, oh, have you seen Solo? And then they say no. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, why? And they say, he's like, oh, because I heard it was bad. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, my dad saw the movie. Like, he's not the biggest Star Wars fan, but, you know, he's the one that got us into mostly Star Wars in the first place. And, you know, I was talking to him about Solo. I was like, so, like, second time viewing, like, how do you like it? He's like, it's good. He's like, I don't think this movie should exist at all, but it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I I, I kind of agree with that. But, I mean, like, it was an okay, you know. For Star Wars, I think they could have done better. But this was a good, like, just, you know. But I don't know, like, you know, like I was happy to see like romance back and like everything, you know, we got some new characters. Unfortunately, like some were lost too soon. And then uh, some people gave made uh, poor decisions to say like why they were let go and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I am just tired of people like trying to blame like Kathleen Kennedy for like everything for like every single thing. Like, for, like, I I don't know. It's just one of those things. Well, that's one of the reasons, I, I mean, I really, I really liked Iger, like, stepping into that and being like, this was my mm-hmm. decision. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, like, not that it's, like, brave or anything, but, you no, know, I could respect. Yeah. But yeah. it's also something he didn't have to do. Exactly. But. I didn't. I didn't read all this article, did you? No, I mostly just read, like, his actual statement. Because mm. I don't know if he said anything about, like, streaming services or, um, you know, different series they're going to do or anything. But Or I think they talked about the Fox purchase, now that I'm thinking of it. But I don't know. Cause I- oh, because I think that's that might be the same time when he was talking about um, the stuff that Kevin Feige was going to be taking over. Yeah, man, they're really trusting Feige with all this stuff. I mean, props. I mean, well, Feige's done. He's, a- he's made them a shit ton of money, <laughs> like an insane amount of money, oh, and the fans like him too. So that's that's a solid combination. Yeah. Do you like Kevin Feige? I mean, I don't really have opinion on him one way or another. He's he's really smart. And how they they handled the whole build up of that universe. I don't particularly care about most of those movies one way or another. But I think he's really fucking good at his job. I agree. Yeah. What was the first Marvel movie you saw in theaters? Oh, Iron Man. Oh, wow. You saw? I don't think I saw that until like 2000. 
10 or 11. Well, what year did, or Iron, no. what year did the first Iron Man come out? Um, I think eight. Because yeah. it was the 10th anniversary of Marvel. I The first one I saw was The Avengers. Oh, okay. I really liked that. And then that got me to watch Captain America, Iron Man. Still have never watched The Hulk. Um, <laughs> any of them? Yeah. Okay. Any of them? Yeah, I've seen. They're not. They're not great. Um, I mean, for well, for me personally, I'm not a huge Hulk fan. I like Hulk more in a supporting role. Like I love him in Ragnarok. Oh yeah, it's my favorite Hulk. But I don't think any of the Hulk movies have been particularly good. Yeah. I don't know. Like, thinking about, you know, all these characters, like, who would be better or who would not be better. I like having, like, a standalone movie. And I feel like that you can do that with, like, Star Wars, too. Like, you know... Having, like, a Han Solo movie was, like, cool. But, like, you know, thinking about other characters to have, like, Solo movies on, like, would be, like, really interesting. Like, I don't know how, you know, people always throw on, like, a Princess Leia or, like, Ahsoka or, like, you know, different characters. And I don't know. I feel like there's, like, more you can do with that than, like, with Han Solo. Because it's, like, I always yeah. kind of, like, oh. Well, no, I was just going to say, I just, I don't know if... Again, like for me, the the like single character focus things makes so much more sense when you're talking about comic books. Because mm -hmm. Iron Man, yeah, there's Iron Man has a supporting cast, but Iron Man is the lead of a comic book. But with Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, again, like you can you can make a good story out of anything, but. So much of what I love about the established Star Wars characters is their interactions with each other. Mm -hmm. And like separating out Han or Luke or Leia, it, it, it just doesn't necessarily, it's not an automatic buy-in from me. The way, oh, there's a Captain Marvel movie coming out. I love Captain Marvel. I read Captain Marvel books. I'm going to go see Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then plus, like, not that I was never really into Han Solo, but I've always accepted that there's going to be a lot of characters in, like, the Star Wars universe that we're not going to know, like, every little detail about. And, you know, I kind of liked, like, that kind of mystery of, like, oh, like, where did Han Solo come from? And, you know, like, I know people are different and, you know, they liked some people like to see, you know, background Han Solo and everything. But I don't know, yeah. like. There are just some things that happen in the movie that, like, I'm just like, I don't know if that's really Han. Like, while he, like, then again, he would do something. I'm like, okay, that's Han. But then again, this is 10 years before. Yeah, but again, the, the thing is, I don't, I don't need the in-depth backstory of every character that I see. Mm -hmm. Like, some of that I just want to fill in on my own. Yeah. But I almost feel like then again, like... The, the whole Star Wars saga is, you know, about the Skywalker family. Like, here we are finding out, you know, detail by detail about these, like, characters. Like, we start from, you know, Anakin when he was a kid to, like, when he dies. And then, like, with Luke, we basically see Luke Skywalker grow up. Like, the only part of Luke Skywalker that we don't know about is ages, you know, a month, one month old to 
19, well, yeah, but you know, that is our journey from the beginning. Exactly. It's, it's much different to take an established character who we we know and have heard like these these stories about and then being like, hey, you know, those stories that he mentions, we're now going to go show those to you. Like, to yeah. me, that's a very different thing. Like, I don't ever want to see young Yoda. I don't need a young Yoda story. <laughs> Yeah, I see all those, like, fan art pictures of, like, you know, young Yoda or, like, you know, people with, like, I don't know, just Yoda. I don't know. And it's like, I get it. I get it if that's, like, your favorite character and everything. And, like, that's cool. Like, I don't know. But I, I think it's interesting about Star Wars is that everyone wants something, like, a little different while, you know, kind of the same. Like, I know a lot of people that want a kind of, like, Old Republic trilogy, you know, or, you know, something like personally, like I would love to have a couple movies like before the events of the Phantom Menace to see like the Jedi and the Prime and all that stuff too, to go from because they went from doing whatever and then to being peacekeepers. But then I get like that in betweener could be kind of like boring because it's like, what what are the Jedi doing? Like, what were the Jedi doing before the battle? Naboo? Like, they're just like, you know, keeping the peace and shit, you know, like they weren't battling or anything until like attack clones and then obviously like they did some stuff and explain it kind of a clone wars but it's kind of difficult for me to you know realize what's canon and what's not because like there's so much information out there like before the events of the first or you know star wars movie so yeah for me like if we're gonna go to anything prior to the prequels it needs to be like centuries before yeah so like you're basically, besides the fact, oh, the Jedi exist, you're basically starting with a blank slate. Yeah. And and so, like, if you are going to do an individual, like, if you were going to do a Boba Fett movie, I'd, I'd much rather see Boba Fett post-OT, you know, like, have him punch his way out of the Sarlacc pit or whatever the shit, and then go off and do something else. Because I don't want all these little, I don't like all the wink wink moments. I yeah. fucking, I hate the scene with Solo getting his last name. I don't, I don't, I didn't ever need to know what the castle run was. Uh, there's, as much as I love Rogue One, Rogue One has a couple, like, has some stuff like that too. I'm just like, I, I don't need these moments where you're nudging me going, hey, look at this reference we're making. Because it, it, yeah. it takes me out of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes, like, when they do that in the movies, it's, like, for me, it's, like, tasteful. Like, I kind of like being reminded of, you know, other movies and everything. Like, I thought it was, like, really funny in <laughs> Rogue One when we saw Pandababa and Walrus Face. I think they're the, Dr. Evazan, yeah. But. See, I wouldn't have mind seeing them, like, if they were just in the background somewhere. But it's all of a sudden, like, this tight focus on them where it's, like, even if you had no idea what was going on, you would know that you were supposed to recognize them. And that I don't like. Mm. Like, there's stuff I liked. I liked the one of the Han Solo ones I liked was the reference to Aura Singh. Because it's just a throwaway line. They don't hit you over the head with it. It's, it's there and then it's gone. Yeah, and then the stuff with, like they were mentioning Bosk too. Oh, that was tasteful. But you know, then again, like they could easily take these like character solo things and then like put it in like 
you know, the streaming service. Like they can do a low budget kind of thing, like what John Kazan was talking about, about how, you know, all these movies don't have to be like mainstream blockbusters. Like they can be a little like not not too much on the radar, like on a streaming service, you know, like how Netflix is, you know, doing everything with the Marvel series and everything. Yeah. And there's there's rumors that Marvel's going to be doing some uh, character-driven miniseries on the new streaming service. Uh, the two that were mentioned were Scarlet Witch and Loki. And yeah, I think that might be a good way to do some of the character stuff from Star Wars. Like, if you do want to tell a Boba Fett story, maybe like a six-episode show is the way to do it. Yeah. I I agree. I just don't know how I could, you know, sit through Boba Fett doing shit on Tatooine or something, you know? Like, I just feel like we see <laughs> Sandy Planets, like, so much. But, you know, well, he could be anywhere. He's a bounty hunter. They go places. I know, but isn't his jetpack broken now since he was in the Sarlacc pit? Like, how is he, how is he going to get jetpack or get on a ship or something? I don't know why ships would be near the Sarlacc pit. Like He's I feel like people, dude, he could walk somewhere. You can travel. That's a lot of walking. I don't think Bubba Fett. Like, I don't. I don't see him as like an avid like walker. Like he doesn't get up at four in the morning and go on the treadmill for a couple hours. Like, I don't dude, he's see a him. fucking bounty hunter, dude. I know, but you know, there's some bounty hunters out also, there. that if you fight your way out of Sarlacc pit, you're not giving up because you're out in the sand somewhere. Yeah, who knows? I mean, like maybe that being in this, maybe being in the Sarlacc pit, like messed with him like emotionally. So like he gets out, and then like maybe he like feels like he has to like go back in or something. Like I don't know, like some weird mental thing. But interesting. I don't know, but I'm excited to see like what these, like what the Game of Thrones dudes and all the other rumored people are going to do with you know star wars and to yeah. see what series you and... see what the game of thrones guys can do when they're not allowed to use rape as a plot device <sighs> i really hope that we don't get cut out any of that stuff in like star wars it's like, never gonna I... happen in star wars oh i know but i mean we got close to you know kira was a sex slave basically yeah like that's fucking deep I think that's, like, the deepest thing that we've ever seen in Star Wars. Like, obviously, like, Anakin and his mom were, like, slaves on a planet. Well, and um, I'm sorry, but the slave Leia thing, the implications there are pretty fucking strong. Yeah. And, and the Twi'lek, Twi'lek stuff is pretty obvious. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I I hope that these movies don't get, like, really, really, like, super dark, because... But, I don't know. I mean, like, I trust the people, and I know they're gonna, you know, put their hearts into it and make it the best of their expectations, and, yeah. But, uh, I'm excited for this streaming service to come out. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but I know I'm gonna buy it, like, 100%. Like, I don't care how much it is, I'm gonna get it. Are you? I mean, probably not. Like, depends what it launches with. Mm -hmm. Like, if the if the Star Wars show or one of the Marvel shows I'm interested in is there at launch, then I'll get it. Otherwise, I'm going to wait because I don't care about watching Disney movies. 
Well, could they also put Marvel movies on there too? Well, I'm not sure. It really depends what their what their deal was with Netflix. Because when Netflix buys a movie, like the rights to streaming a movie, they're buying it for like a time period. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, they're probably not all like going off on the same date. And I, I can't imagine it's going to be like an automatic, oh, the day this launches, everything's gone off Netflix. It's got to be whatever, like, I mean, who knows what complicated contracts they have with them. I mean, who knows? Like, it might go away slowly. Because I know there are a couple of Disney movies that have been like slowly, you know, going away while there's some that are going back on. Like, I, I don't know why, but wasn't Ant-Man on Net- on Netflix? No, oh, I have no idea. Like, I don't know why, but I felt like one of those Marvel movies were on Netflix. And then, no, it was the Avengers. I think it was the first Avengers that was on Netflix, and now it's not. Yeah, but, but I mean, this, that happens all the time with Netflix. Yeah. Like, things have on. And, you know, like, the Black Panther was just put on. Yeah, so, but then... They're not... Like, it's... It's not going to be like an instantaneous thing. I, yes, I think eventually everything's going to be off, but how long it's going to take? And again, I like the Marvel movies that I want to watch again. I already have. Yeah. But you know, then again, I think they might also do like the really like slowly but surely thing. Like even started like now, like taking off like you know like so that we don't notice. So then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to have this streaming service. So then they're going to have all these movies. But I'm eager to see what Disney movies that they're going to put on the streaming service because you know rumor is is all of them but Walt Disney is known for making some very very bad choices in movies like Song of the South there's a couple other ones too I can't think of but there's look there's a lot of racist ass shit in Disney yeah definitely but I mean partially due to Disney was making movies during some pretty racist time periods and some of it in more recent things that they should have known better and didn't, but. Yeah. But. Ugh, I wonder how many Johnny Depp movies we'll have to see on that. Johnny Depp has done so like much with Disney too. Like they still have, like they love him, but I don't know. Um, So I guess. There's a life-size porg. Uh, Lego set. Lego? Yep. Let me look at this. I think I, I saw a glimpse of it last night. But here, it's, I, believe in the, I believe it's in the same line as like the uh, the BB-8 was. Oh, shit. So it's like 80 bucks. Oh, that's it? It's got a little, it's got a little porg info plaque that sort of like you would see at a zoo that has the little porg stats on it. And its mouth opens and closes. Oh, my God. You know, Carlos is really into Legos, so I think it'd be very ironic if I got this for him. <laughs> but low-key, I get this for myself. But I, I doubt it. Because 80 bucks, that's expensive. Like, I didn't even cave in on getting the uh, Porg backpack because it was so expensive. And now they don't sell it anymore, which... Am I regretting it? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I... The only the only big Lego set I have is Krennic's Imperial Shuttle, and that I, I spent about that I spent about eighty on, and it's a really good thing I liked Rogue One because I bought that before the movie came out. That's how <laughs> sure I was, and like right after I ordered it, I'm like, oh fuck, 
I don't know. When you know, you know, Emily. When you know, you know. Yeah, but that was that's a lot. Of, that's not like buying a ten dollar action figure. That's a lot of money to spend on something you might hate. Yeah, but you know, you got Mendo. I know. I still have a little Mendo Lego keychain, and like, I'm too afraid to put it on my own keychain because I don't want it to get dirty. Oh yeah, mine's filthy. I need to get a new one because the cape's all gross. Yeah. Do you have like? A, are you close to like a Lego store or anything like near you? No, but I have Amazon. Hmm. Yeah, like I, you don't, I, you don't really see a lot of Lego stores anymore. Like, there's one near me at this like fancy mall, and then there's one in downtown Disney. Well, because I feel there's sort of more like event stores, mm-hmm. and they'll have, and they, you know, I guess like they have those. Like, if you're after, like, I need these specific pieces, you know, they have the bins of everything unimaginable. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And then plus they have, like, the Lego lands, too. Like, they yeah. have one here. Yeah, but yeah, I think I just feel like it's something more like, like, the one in New York is, like, one of those big, like, flagship stores that they're just trying to get tourists in. Oh, yeah. I think I've been to that one. Isn't there, so they like, have, a... like, the big, like, Lego, like, dragon hanging from the ceiling and shit. And... Isn't there, like, a Ferris wheel inside, too? Oh, that was in the Toys R Us, and that's no longer oh. there. I mean, that closed long. I mean, that closed a couple of years before the rest of them did, but. That's sad. I've been on that Ferris wheel. But, I don't know. Will, I... Will Brittany buy the Porg? Uh, there's a 40% chance. Actually, I'm going to put that down at 25. It's cute, though. <laughs> it is like, very cute. I, I, wait. <laughs> I, I Sorry, I'm like, I'm piecing things together. Because, like, Carlos said that he was going to get me something. But it's not coming out until next month. So, if this Porg is coming out next month, then I, I just, I figured everything out, Emily. I just, I figured, I figured life out. But anyways, anyways, um, Ethan Hawke wants to be in Star Wars. Yeah, this was just something that popped up when I was like Googling something else. But apparently it's something he said in an uh, interview on Conan. I've said it on national TV over and over again. I will audition. I will play Wookiees. I will play Jedis. I will <laughs> play bad guys, Hawk noted. The last one was so good. I loved the Han Solo one. I just loved it. And you see it. And there's Woody Harrelson. He's in Planet of the Apes. He's in Star Wars. He's got like every job. He, and it's really funny because he goes on to say that, you know, obviously, he's like, well, obviously I'm too old to play Han Solo, but I totally could have played Beckett. <laughs> I'm just, you know, the reason the reason it like jumped out at me is, okay, like I do think Ethan Hawke's a really good actor. He's in a lot of movies, yes. that I like, like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I also think he's a bit of a douche. And since he just had that thing a couple weeks ago where he was like slamming Logan for he him was? to talk... Oh yeah, he had something about how you know Logan is Logan is like a good comic book movie, but there's a difference between being a good comic book movie and being a good movie. And one, okay, I, there is some some to that uh, which I I agree on. I also just think Logan is a good movie. I I do think yes, you judge comic movies by a different standard, but I think that one in particular is a really bad example to use. But also, if you are an actor and you say things like that, you just sound like a dick. 
Like, don't be saying that shit in interviews. Like, if you want to slam, like, some shitty movie you did 20 years ago, okay, I, I think that's hilarious and I have no problem with that. But bagging on other people's work, like, recent movie, like, you just seem, like, petty and a snob. Yeah. It's like, I get that people do that, you know, like, not celebrities do that with like with movies like you know they don't like the direction of you know how like the director did something but it's like when you are when you have like that high of a status and you go somewhere and you know the people that did it like probably some of those people like he's probably worked with before you know yeah that's why it seems like you just seem like an and because i don't know given ethan hawk's own like indie drama background like you just seem again you just seem like a real big snob yeah and to then turn around and be like oh that last the you know Han Solo was so good I'm like it's what are you talking about it's the same kind of movie like that is a conflict movie yeah I don't know sometimes people just say shit and it's just like why do you say it but I don't know like at the end of the day, like maybe I don't know. He, I guess he can be in Star. Like maybe they don't want to work with him because they think it's an asshole. Because I I bet a bunch of those actors are like, "Hey, put me in the costume," or like, "Put me in the Wookiee suit." Like, who knows? Or put it's always put me in the stormtrooper costume because they keep doing that with everyone. I think they did that with like Prince Harry and Prince uh, William, but uh, I don't think that made it in the movie. Yeah, I think that ended up getting cut. But I have to say, one thing I do like about this, I do like him saying, I will audition. Oh, yeah. Because Ethan Hawke is not somebody who has to audition anymore. <laughs> like, if you, like, if you're the director who wants Ethan Hawke for your movie, you want Ethan Hawke for your movie. He has a very known quantity. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he would be in a Star Wars movie, but, I mean, I'm down. I mean... I could see him. Well, honestly, like I could see him as Beckett. Yeah, I'm still on the fence about Beckett. You know, that in the same role as Beckett or or DJ or any of those like rogue types. Yeah. Or like, you know, slapping in a first order uniform. Dude, that'd be he'd look good in a first order uniform. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, do you want to get to uh, the monthly Mendo movie? Oh, I do. I don't have the theme pulled up though, so let me let me find it. No. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Sorry, enemies. Beware. I'm gonna be the main event. Like no king was before, I'm brushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my role. No one's saying do this, no one's saying be there, no one's saying stop that, no one's saying see here. Free to run around all day, free to do it my way. I just can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king. Never get sick of that. You know, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I try to, like, not smile. And then it gets to, like, the very end when he's, like, free to do it my way. And I'm just like, ugh. 
Uh, yeah, so this month's Monthly Mendo movie is The Land of Steady Habits, which is a um, Netflix original from this year. Actually just came out like two weeks ago. Uh, written and directed by Nicole Hofsner, based on the novel of the same name by Ted Thompson. And this is your sort of standard suburban malaise movie. Uh, you have Mendo playing Anders, what was her last name? Hill. Anders Hill, who um, is recently divorced from his wife, played by Edie Falco. And he's retired early. I mean, from a uh, something in finance where he could uh, afford to retire at 50. And it's just sort of <laughs> picking up women at Bed Bath & Beyond and having terrible sex with them. Prime Mendo. Prime Mendo. Right there. Yeah, and then like um, they're they have an, an adult son who has um, like graduated from college but isn't doing anything. Uh, did a did a stint in rehab, and now is working in an adult literacy program, like a job that his mom got him because he can't get any other work or doesn't seem to want to get any other work. And then it's following. Like this other fam couple who Edie Falco is friends with, who who Mendo like doesn't really care for, but um, they they have a son younger younger than than um, Anders' kid, who is also like trouble with drugs and everything. And yeah, that's sort of that's sort of it. Is Mendo sort of strikes up a friendship with this kid and uh well smokes what he thinks is is just pot with them at this party but then turns out it was also uh like plays with angel dust and so like the kid overdoses shortly after like mendo was out smoking with them yeah and that's it just sort of goes on from there I don't want to. I don't want to get like because this just came out, so I don't want to get really explicit with the spoilers. Yeah, but it's all. And then you know, like uh, the wife is dating somebody new, and even though uh, Mendo is the one who asked for the divorce, he's obviously like still really unhappy. And it does seem like this sort of midlife crisis. I was bored, so I got a divorce because I thought that would make things better. But I'm still me, so I yeah. still <laughs> have this shittiness. Yeah, I I know of people who you know have done that. You know the whole midlife crisis thing, and you know. So I not that I like connected with Anders, but like I 
I got where he was coming from because, you know, because I've seen people that do that. I've seen like how it's affected them and, you know, the whole like him, even though he left her, he still wasn't happy. Like he was still kind of not he, like he would always ask about her. He'd ask about her boyfriend. He would always try to like see her or, you know, the time when he, you know, he got drunk and then he showed up in their house, you know, like he still like once that like family feeling even though he was the one that tore up his family so yeah and i don't know there's just such it's gonna sound like not much happens in this movie because not much happens in this movie but it's got all these really nice small moments it starts out with him in like wandering around this bed bath and beyond which is so it's so it's so perfect in terms of like that is your bored upper middle class suburban store yeah where it's just like so many things you don't need and it's him like wandering around trying to find things to decorate his new condo with and it, the, the the opening shot is really it, it sounds weird to say it's beautiful because it's in a bed bath and beyond but it's just like these these rows of all these like different color coordinated towels and everything it's actually i think that's on one of the movie posters for it is the shot of like him in front of them all yeah it's like aesthetically pleasing i i liked it i like that beginning yeah and it has him like he'll like he's like in this like stupid like one of those like just horrible knickknack shops where it's nothing but shit you don't need and he buys like this decorative lobster trap to put on his shelf and you know later later in the movie he he goes with these crazy Christmas decorations all the big like inflatable Santa sleigh and everything you know on like at this condo this complex where none of the other houses have anything But I kind of like that because normally, like, when it's, like, the, you know, the middle-aged divorced dude, he's always living in, like, squalor. And it's just, like, you know, trash everywhere and no furniture. I like they went the opposite way with this. With this is a guy who is trying to build a home. And has all the, like, things, but it's just not working. Because that's not what he actually needs. Yeah, then he has, like, furniture and everything. And then he steals shit, too. Yeah. Like, when he went to his therapy session, like, he stole, like, one of the books there. He, I think he stole one of the books, or he stole something from one of the chicks that he slept with. I'm not... I don't know if I rem- if I remember that 100%, but yeah, he goes he steals all these like books or he steals things. It's really interesting. Yeah, and and like he t- he steals this this um sort of erotic art book and he goes to visit the the friend's kid in the hospital. And there's this great scene because this kid he wants to be an artist. He wants to do like graphic novels. And he's He's drawing this one of, um, oh, Leica, the, the the dog that the Soviets shot into space. And, you know, he's, he's it's it's a little heavy handed, but I don't know. I thought the acting was so good that it, that it turns out fine. You know, the kid 
talking about the story of this dog just dying up there in space and he wants to give it a different ending where like focusing on the guy who was who who owned the dog who was in charge of this this project and that he he feels like immense guilt that this dog died for nothing Yeah, I loved Charlie. Charlie is like the kid's name that, you know, was in the hospital, the whole over- overdose and everything. Like he he was my favorite. Like the the kid that you know was portraying him, like he's a really good actor. Yeah, he's very good. I really liked him and I thought mm-hmm. I thought he and and Mendo played really well off each other. Yeah. I love their, like, dynamic, like, their, like, little relationship. I don't know, like, how far, like, we want to, like, get into, like, the plot because I I really liked when, you know, he shows up at his house and then he gives him the turtle. Yeah, he has, his, like, he has his pet turtle and because um, his parents are going to ship him off to rehab. And he doesn't want to go and he knows if he – he knows his parents hate this turtle and won't take care of it. And he trusts Anders, too. And I don't know. I like that. It, I think having it be a turtle was smart because that mm-hmm. you, it can't be something like super adorable or fluffy. Like he's this he's this weird fucking kid who has this pet turtle that he loves. What was the turtle's name again? Oh fuck, I don't remember. Let me look it up. I don't think it had a name. Maybe. I don't know. But I loved that. Like, I I loved how, was, how he put it in the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he didn't have any other place to put it. I know. But I just thought that was sweet. Like, because, I don't know. The, the turtle had a lot of room for activities, yeah. you know? But I like that. And, oh, yeah, the other, um, Connie Britton is the other sort of supporting character here who, who we... Um, this woman he meets on a stri- at a strip club because she is there on a date. The fuck? <laughs> That's when I was like, I don't know, like I why I well I don't I I don't want to judge, but like I don't know why like if someone took me on a date like a first date and was like let's go to a strip club like well yeah no but that's true like but she talks about that which is that. You know, she wanted to seem like cool and adventurous because she's also this, you know, like she's, you know, she's middle aged. She has two kids. She's, I'm assuming, divorced. Yeah. And so this was her, you know, I'm going to be the cool, adventurous, like carefree woman. Yeah, man. But there, there are limits. I mean, there's other like carefree, like shit you can do. You know, Well, I would at least go to a nicer strip club. Yeah, that one's all grimy and gross. This, this, this is a skeevy slip, strip club. Yeah. Then the Mendo's friend that took him there. Screw that guy. But I don't know. It was I don't know if we want to talk about like, you know, how the movie ended or anything, but like there was something that happened to Mendo, and I thought it was something like totally different. Like 
you can cut this out if you want because it's kind of spoilers but when they're having that dinner at christmas eve and uh-huh. the um charlie's dad like grabs a cigar and smashes it into uh mendo's forehead i thought it was a fucking knife oh and i'm like he killed mendo <laughs> That 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 makes this a very different movie. Like, I literally thought that he grabbed a knife and then, like, they're in the hospital. I'm like, wait a second. And he survived. And then uh, <laughs> like, I literally I thought it was a knife. But because he acted so fast. But. Oh, my God. No, it was funny when, like, they were like, oh, we shouldn't. We sh-, and the wife's like, we shouldn't mix Xanax with alcohol. And he's like, no, nah, we're we'd love a glass. <laughs> They were just, ugh, like, ugh, but I don't know. Like, I felt bad for Charlie. Like, I, I, not that I didn't think that his parents, like, cared for him, but, you know, like, the fact that, you know, with that turtle, too, like, there's a point where, you know, Charlie, you know, doesn't come home, and his mom calls him, and she's like, I'm going to get rid of that fucking turtle, or she says something like that, and it's like, you want to do that to your child, but then again, like, you know, they'd gone through so much with him and, you know, the whole, like, you know, you're in a way, like, you should fucking come home. Like, but, you know, I don't know, telling him that he they're going to get rid of his turtle. I'm like, I don't think that I'd want to come home if, you know, my parents were threatening to get rid of something that I like, one of the only things that I love, you know. But, yeah. But then again, you know, that's their only kid, I think. Or no, I think they had a daughter, too. I'm not sure. It's tricky, you know, but uh, the whole like abusing drugs and alcohol and everything like that, that's hard. Like I get how that takes like a strain on, you know, a family. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I liked getting like suburban Mendo. Like it was kind of like he was kind of weird and kind of like, but it it was it was interesting. Like I like the town that they lived in, too. It was really pretty. It was really like. Yeah. But. And I don't know, it's just, it's sort of, like, I was reading, I was reading a little bit about the book, just because I was, I actually went to see, because I went to see if the book was originally set, like, in Connecticut, like this movie was, because I was throw I was so thrown by the fact that their names are Anders and Helene, which sounds, like, very, like, like, Scandinavian to me. Yeah, who names your kid Anders? Like, I don't think I've heard that name before. Well, I, I've heard Anders before, but again, like, not not American, and certainly not married to somebody named Helene. So I, I, I thought maybe the book wasn't, like, originally set there, but no, it is. Hmm. So, like, what were the differences? Like, do you know, like, the main differences, like, from the book and the movie? Um, I don't know about too much about the plot. One thing that's okay, I do know they have they they have more than one son in the book. And Anders is much older. He's like at retirement age. Oh. So it's not it's not, you know, the rich financial guy who is retiring, you know, at fifty. Like he's in his mid sixties. Oh, that's interesting. I get why they changed that in the movie, though, because that made it more interesting because they kind of had like that when he kind of revealed that, you know, he couldn't afford or the more he could, didn't pay the mortgage or something. And he kind of couldn't really afford to retire early, but he did it anyways. Well, yeah, and, and because it's an, it's an interesting choice for the character. 
mm-hmm. to have this guy who was working in finance and making all this money. And even though he wasn't like like millionaire rich where he could really afford to do it, he still just decided I'm going to quit because it it it's sort of when he's when he's you know he's he's talking to this guy at this party like explaining like how he just he hated his job like he just felt like gross about it and so he decided to quit and i'm sort of like well it seemed like an excuse and i think it was just the same thing as like the reason he got a divorce is he was just bored and he thought this was the way to fix it without putting any like real thought into it you know that's really interesting because it's like i've known you know because like obviously like this is like a real thing that people do but i've seen it where they love their jobs and then they retire and they're just like what the fuck now what you know and that's why you know they leave everything they love and then they're like wait a second fuck but you know the difference Mendo is obviously like he didn't like his job so i felt like that was like an interesting like to add you know but i don't know i liked sir bourbon like i mean i mean like sir bourbon mendo was like okay like he's kind of like <laughs> Just grind, a little grimy at times, but I mean, like, well, he's just an asshole. Yeah, we- there's actually a point, like, um, when there's a great point in the movie where where Connie Britton's character like calls him out on it, like he's he's making fun of this book that she has like beside her bed, and she's just like, "You're fucking mean." Yeah, and and it's just, it's a great moment one because yeah he is and it's such a it's such a straightforward way to say it like it, it's not like it like her screaming at him or anything she's just like what the fuck you're so mean like what's happening and he and he immediately is like yeah i am i think he even apologizes too does he yeah he does hmm. and but i think that was such a like sort of how his character is throughout this whole movie it's like him thinking that he's better than this suburban life he has. Like when he he's going, like when he goes to this this party that it, the you know the friends have that he doesn't want to go. And it's like his, it's like his ex wife and his and her best friend throw this party together like every year, and he shows up when nobody expected him to, and he doesn't even want to be there. And when he's when he goes outside and starts smoking with the kids, he's you know talking like he's so above this suburban shit. And you know he talks about how he fucking hates Charlie's parents and always have, like they're not his friends. And I'm like, oh, you're just you're just an asshole. You are the same as these people. Yeah. He is. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Overall, like I think this was my favorite Mendo movie. Yeah, I think so too. I I really liked it. And then, like after I watched it, I text my mom and be like, hey, you should watch this movie. I know, it's really good. Like I think like this is yeah. I think this is the first like Netflix movie that I've watched. They're like, you know, produced by Netflix and all that stuff. Oh, okay. I think it's really cool that Netflix is doing that now where they're having like like movies, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, definitely a real mixed bag, but this one I I thought was really good. 
Oh no, the, I think the first one that I watched was um, I think the To All the Boys I Loved Before. That one's a good rom com. Have you seen that one? No, I'm not. I'm not into rom coms. Mm. It's cute. I cried. One of those. One of those high school story shit. But but yeah, I'm excited to see the the next Mendo. We've had so many Mendos. We have a Cowboy Mendo. We had um, drug druggy Mendo, drug lord Mendo. We had a uh, Star Wars Mendo. Gambling Addict Mendo. Gambling Addict Mendo. Baby Mendo. Oh, I love Little Mendo. That was a good movie, too. But yeah, I'm excited to see where uh, Mendo goes next. And Mendo. When Captain Marvel comes out, are we going to do that as a, a monthly Mendo movie? Yes. And we'll just have like a big spoiler section. Hell yeah. When does that come out again? March. March. God, that's like a month before celebration. Do you have your flight um, already all booked? No, not yet. I still need to figure out like what day I'm coming, going. Yeah, I'm just trying to get a cheap flight. Like I'm really good at getting those like really cheap kind of like last minute flights. So I'm thinking I'm going to kind of risk it and like wait because i get notifications on my phone when um flights go up and down and i have like a southwest gift card anyway so i might end up flying with southwest because hey that's that's good and plus i think i'll probably because it's like it's gonna be cold so i might bring some like coats and who knows like i might bring some porgs home and they need to be in a big (laughs) big box or a big big bag big bag for the porgs and then plus, like, with Southwest, Southwest, it's, like, you can bring, like, two carry-ons or and one not carry-on. But then I always I always fear that they're going to lose my – the one that's not the carry-on. I forget what that one it's called. Your checked bag? The checked bag. Thank you. I always fear that they might lose the checked bag. Because then I get, like – so, like, I went on this family vacation one year. And we went to um, just Southern Cal – or – Northern California. We went to like Sacramento to visit some relatives. We went to Yosemite. Um, I forget where else we went. But I remember I packed my bags and everything and I had to work that night. And I told my dad, oh, you know, my bags by the door or something. So we get to Sacramento. No, we were at, um, yeah, where, where are we? We were somewhere. And then um, my dad forgot to pack my luggage. Oh. Yeah, he uh, put it back in the place where the luggage is in the garage because he thought it was just an extra suitcase. And yeah, I had <laughs> to buy all new clothes. And it, it's, it, it was really like a scary moment because um, I I had like two little suitcases. I had like, I had like the the one that he left at home and I had the other one and I had like medications that I was on and I thought that I left like the the bag with like the medication or he I thought that he left the bag with like my medications like at home so I was like freaking the fuck out and then I found out that thank god it wasn't that bag so I realized that I'd rather have drugs than clothes (laughs) so but then yeah yeah because (laughs) my mental health is important so um yeah 
thank God there was like a Ross near there. So I got some clothes, but still that was a really shitty feeling when everyone's unpacking the car and it's like, um, where's my stuff? <laughs> so I always like fear that, especially if that happened at celebration too. Like I know like I could get some stuff in like Chicago, but still let's fucking like losing your stuff. Like that's yeah, it's stressful. I know. Like it makes me think like if I kind of like pack my laptop, I don't know if I'm going to bring my laptop to celebration. Are you? I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to be crazy. But um, anyways, um, Emily. I watched the Clone Wars and I actually really liked it. I knew it. I knew you'd like this one. So I watched the final arc of season five, which is where the Jedi temple gets bombed and then Ahsoka is framed and like goes on the run and then gets kicked out of the Jedi and goes on trial and then you figure out that uh, Barris was behind it all. But no, it was pretty, like, it was a good, like, I felt like these, like, four episodes, like, especially the three, like, after the bombing, when, when Ahsoka starts to get framed, were, were super good. Um, I liked seeing Ventress. Uh, there's quite a bit of Tarkin, which is fun. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I forgot we got Tarkin in that. Yeah, because he's, like, the one, like, basically leading the prosecution and then he, like it, it, there's a lot of cool stuff um one is like barris gets this great speech when she's revealed and she's like we were supposed to be fucking peacekeepers and now we're killing people which okay granted you know she blew up a building and killed a bunch of people but <laughs> she's still right, like, talking about the, the, the Jedi are, like, generals in a war, and that's super fucked up. And then when the Jedi Council invite Ahsoka back in, and they're doing this, oh, it turns out that this was your, you know, your your great trial that you faced, and you're going to be so much stronger <laughs> because of what happened to you. And she's just like, fuck you guys. Like, you know, the people who, who should have been believing her and supporting her and helping her and then just like turn her over to Tarkin to like face a possible death penalty. Acting like it's some like... Like, oh, it, it turns out, like, this was actually, like, good for everybody that this all happened. Like, we're going to learn from this. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... I don't know. That arc always made me sad about, like, Ahsoka, like, you know, with the Jedi, too. Like, I feel like a lot of people kind of put the Jedi in such, like, a good light that, you know, they forget, like, stuff like this happened. Like, that's really shitty of the Jedi to, like, you know accuse ahsoka of trying like out of all people like why ahsoka you know and i get that she escapes and everything like she escapes like the prison and then um 
she meets up with the Asajj, or she kind of teams up with Asajj. Yeah, but it's like, these are people, it's not like, it's not like she's somebody that the council didn't know. So the fact that they're so willing to not, like, give her the benefit of that, that when she, because she's straight as like, she's like saying straight out, I am being set up. And the fact that they're like suspicious as you might be, which of course you've got to be because, you know, like there was a bombing and then a bunch of clones get killed. But you're also like super smart, powerful Jedi. And the fact that you can't like sit down and work this out. And especially like if Ahsoka was going to do this, that she would do it so badly. Yeah. Yeah, and fucking Tarkin, like, he hates the Jedi. Yeah. He was ready to freaking kill her. I like that. But Tarkin, like, Tarkin doesn't have any loyalty to them. Like, you know, it's not like, she's not, like, his student. She's part of this group that he already doesn't trust, who already have more power in this war than he thinks they should. Like, he wants it all to be, like, you know, the military op like operation so if he sees the opportunity for that he's definitely going to take it yeah he's so scummy I love it <laughs> I love like more Tarkin like I don't know like I just feel like he's so like scary like he yeah he's always like scared me like you know like in Rogue One like you have like Mendo like Mendo never scared me like, maybe in the trailers like yeah but like Tarkin man like you don't fuck with Tarkin. And I feel like we didn't, well, not that we didn't see that in a new, well, like, obviously we saw it like a new hope. Like he was like, oh yeah, Leia, tell us and we'll spare people. Just kidding. No, blow up, blow up Audrin. Like, damn. He's so cold. I know. I think that's like so sad that like we only got like so much of Tarkin in the original trilogy. Like just think about how, like, if he was introduced later, or, like, just, like, how scary he would be, or, like, how, you know? Yeah, I, that's, I mean, sort of in the same way that I like Krennic so much, but I love that, like, bureaucrat villain. Yeah. So scary. But. (laughs) I'm, I'm happy to say, Emily, that you made it, Pat, you made it through season five. One more to go. And oh my god, the, the season's gonna be a roller coaster. Here, let me see. Season six. I'm gonna look up what arc you're going to get next. Oh, you're getting cl- um you're getting a clone arc. Okay. And I think it's a pretty good one. I All think right. I think you'll like it. It's kind of dark. And then, here, I'm looking at what other arcs you're going to get. Yeah, so, let's see, yeah, there are two episodes in this arc that I know for a fact that, you know, you might like some of it, but, like, you're going to love getting through that. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. There's like a we get Clovis back. We get um, that Yoda arc that I think you've probably heard a lot about. 
It's a really good arc. Okay. But yeah. I don't know. Well, um, it's only 13 episodes. Yeah, it's not terrible. Yeah, so you'll get through it. Do you think you would want to watch anything else, like, after? I mean, I don't know what there is. I mean, I'm not watching Rebels, so. Uh, the Ewok Adventures? I've never seen that. I've never seen any of the Ewok stuff. I've never seen the droid stuff. I might I might check out some of the droid stuff. Maybe do that with you. I don't know, like, where that you might find be fun. it. Maybe on YouTube. I'm sure somebody has it up somewhere. Yeah. But... Yeah, um, we had a fuck Mary kill, but like, we have to like look up the names because the, it was all droids, and like I only know like the name of one of them, so I'd have to sit down and actually research the names of the droids because I unfortunately woke up an hour or two hours ago, so I did not give myself enough time to uh do research. So shame on me, but um, hmm, maybe we can do so. Oh what? Well, well, we'll just we'll do it later. Yeah. Um, Brittany, where can people find you? At my house. No, you can find me on Twitter as Canto Brit and Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. You can find the show at Cantobite Pod. You can write us email CantobitePod at gmail dot com. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash EF Lind. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. That'd be nice. Good old reviews. Yep. We haven't gotten any for a while, so that would be nice. It gives us more attention on the show. But as always, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Ghetto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Ghetto bitch number one.